Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is taking care of ourselves. It's healthy, wise, and loving to be considerate and responsive to the feelings and needs of others. That's different from caretaking. Caretaking is a self-defeating and certainly a relationship-defeating behavior, a behavior that backfires and can cause us to feel resentful and victimized because ultimately what we feel, want, and need will come to the surface. That's important to, um, you know, I, I think a lot of, you know, people pleasing and being nice, those are like Pyrrhic victories, you know, because as it says here, ultimately what we feel, want, and need will come to the surface. Some people seem to invite emotional caretaking. We can learn to refuse the invitation. We can be concerned, we can be loving when possible, but we can place value on our own needs and feelings too. And I think allowing myself to really go into the, you know, there's a lot of kind of like shitting and I notice it in recovery sometimes when people start making me feel bad. Is it because the truth hurts or is it because there's just a lot of better people for me to, to, to talk about and I need to really take a chance on listening to my feelings? Um, back to the reading. We can learn, we can be concerned when part of recovery means learning to pay attention to and place importance on what we feel, want, and need because we begin to see that there are clear, predictable, and usually undesirable consequences when we don't. Yeah, like resentment festering up. Be patient and gentle with yourself as you learn to do this. Be understanding with yourself when you slip back into the old behavior of emotional caretaking and self-neglect. But stop the cycle today. We do not have to feel responsible for others. We do not have to feel guilty about feeling responsible for others, about not feeling responsible. And I think this happens in my family, you know, where it's like, you know, I'm one person who's actively working a program. That's not right or wrong, but it's like, I don't have to feel guilty for doing as what this program says and some of these readings say is just, you know, focusing on my feelings, my wants, my needs, you know, um, especially after years of thinking that that was somehow self-indulgent. Back to the reading. But stop the cycle today. We do not have to feel responsible for others. We do not have to feel guilty about not feeling responsible for others. We can even learn to let ourselves feel good about taking responsibility for our needs and feelings. Today, I will evaluate whether I've slipped into my old behavior taking responsibility for another's feelings and needs while neglecting my own. I will own my power right and responsibility to place value on myself. Wow. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. Ooh, and the topic is knowledge. Learn to let yourself be guided into truth. We will know what we need to know when we need to know that. We don't have to feel badly about taking our own time to reach our insights. We don't have to force insight or awareness before it's time. Yes, maybe the whole world saw a particular truth in our life and we denied it until we were ready to deal with it. That is our business and our right. Our process is our own, and we will discover our truths at the right time, when we are ready, when the learning experience is complete. The most growth-producing concept we can develop for others and ourselves is to allow ourselves to have our own process. We can give and receive support and encouragement while we go through this process. We can listen to others and say what we think. We can set boundaries and take care of ourselves when needed but we still give others and ourselves the right to grow at our own pace without judgment, with much trust that is all is well and is on schedule. Ooh, ooh, easier said than done for me here. 
When we are ready, when the time is right, and when our higher power is ready, we will know what we need to know. And I realized, like, for me, it's I really have to connect to my spiritual self a, a lot more. Um, I'm not, I think sometimes my that rebellion part of me rebels at terms like God, but even higher power at, at times. Back to the reading. Today I will let myself and others have our own pace and time schedule for growth and change. I think that really applies for me with this, you know, this inner critic. And I'm going to start reading some unbelievable stuff from Pete Walker's Complex PTSD. Um, but, you know, just this constant need to get stuff done and you need to do things. And it's like, no, I don't really need to force anything. I can just kind of, you know... Do you know? Do it like a Tom Brady or an Andy Pettit, that type of person. Anyways, back to the reading. I will trust that I will be empowered with insights and the tools for dealing with these insights at the right time. Now we move to ACA, strengthening my recovery. The topic is inner critic. We stop in mid-sentence if we're putting ourselves down or criticizing our thoughts or behaviors. We identify the source of negativity, which is the inner critic inside all adult children. This is probably... The most important passage, I, I, in fact, I know it is, even though I don't know what the fourth one is, because uh, those negative words, you know, you know, there was a, a, a step writing question I had to do to write my achievements, and I wanted to talk about, oh, how it was so difficult. It's like, no, I'm being non-judgmentally putting my achievements down on paper and owning them. They're pretty impressive, actually, you know, so um, back to the reading. Who tells us each day whether we live up to a standard, who lies awake each night running over the could-haves or should-haves for the day or for days gone by. We weren't born with shame, it was instilled in us. We had no experience to measure or reject the shame when we were children, so we had to accept it. But who is keeping that shame alive in us today? It's our inner critic, right? It's not, it's not family members, it's not others, it's that reflects the negative voices from our past and like but we now have the choice to change that voice, to live a life on our own terms, and bury the could-haves and should-haves. We are no longer required to listen to the messages that keep shame alive in our everyday thoughts. Who puts a value on us if we do not value ourselves? In ACA, we accepted who we are. We joined together not to bemoan our imperfections, but to find the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know that one is me, and I can change that person. I can't you know, unlearn you know, behaviors that were given to me from wounded people based on wounded programming, um, I can check into something greater than myself and make mistakes and learn and, you know, look at the results and iterate. You know, I can do that. You know, that's, that, I can do that with the power of the program. Without the program, um, for me personally, I mean, I don't, I, I try to do it without the power of it. Nothing really worked. Um, we're no longer required to listen to the messages that keep shame alive in our everyday thoughts. Who puts a value on ourselves if we do not value ourselves? Our strength in numbers gives us courage and assures us that we are now and always have been valued human beings. Right. I remember someone early on said, you were enough, you've always been enough, and you are enough. It's not something that I have to earn or catch up on. It just is. And, you know, accepting that just, you know, a part of me knows that and, you know, but there's that inner critic and that's why I really appreciate Pete Walker. Um, there's a lot of spiritual bypass that I see in, in recovery things 
and I really, uh, this is a very uh, important part of the process, and that's why I so appreciate ACA. On this day, I look at myself through the eyes of my fellow ACAs and my higher power. Instead of listening to my inner critic, I believe what they say, that I am valued. Wow. On this day, I look at myself through the eyes of my fellow ACAs. I'm just pausing to think of, you know, all the things when people have said, you know, and my higher power, like a loving higher power, I should say. Instead of listening to my inner critic, I believe what they say that I'm valued. And the final reading comes from ACA Strength in My Recovery. By I love Melody Beatty, but today I just like these, these uh, ACA things a lot more. Enjoy life. We learn how to play and enjoy life in ACA. Big Red Book, page 572. Many of us who grew up in alcoholic or dysfunctional homes had little time or opportunity for play, even now. Faced with adult chaos, much of our early life was spent in survival mode. In ACA, we learned that living life in our rear-view rear mirror is not really living. Letting go of the past allows us to experience the present without the blinders that keep us from joy. And, uh, you know... I think there's something about the rear view mirror being small and the windshield ahead being big or something like that. Uh, I was talking to a prospective financial advisor about that the other day. Anyways, but where is the joy? It's not something that we can sit around and wait for. Joy is to be sought. It's everywhere, but it must be found. It will not find us. We must open our eyes, our minds, and our hearts to search it out. Joy is giving to others with no expectation of return. It's hugging someone who needs it or stopping at a shelter to walk a homeless dog. When we bring joy to others, we bring it to our own lives. On this day, I will find the joy that is all around me, and that's just waiting for me to experience it. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kulant Saluja reminding myself that I can change. And I don't have to listen to the voices of the inner critic. I can listen to the voices of what my fellow ACA say, what a higher power says. That it's, it is safe to learn to how to enjoy, to play and enjoy life. And that is a very big part of recovery. Recovery is not meant to be 100% serious. And it is safe to trust my feelings. Until next time. Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kuan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic is asking for help. It's okay to ask for help. You know, this might be my uh, number one affirmation. Um, you know, prior to the rooms, uh, prior to recovery, I was terrified of asking for help. And, you know, whether it was from other people or, you know, a higher power. Um, and it has been central and integral to my recovery. I mean, and it doesn't really get that much easier. Um, but that's why I read this literature so, so much to remind me um, you know, my mom always says uh, one plus one equals 11. And I think I first really noticed that um, when I came into the rooms, you know, the magic of one addict talking to another, uh, you know, putting pen to paper and sharing it with another. Back to the reading. One of the most absurd, it's interesting word, things we do to ourselves is not asking for the help we need from a friend a family member, our higher power, or the appropriate resource. I like that appropriate resource. A lot of times, out of safety, I won't ask the authority figure, and I'll ask somebody else. Back to the reading. We don't have to struggle through feelings and problems alone. We can ask for help from our higher power and for support and encouragement from our friends. Whether what we need is information, encouragement, a hand, 
a word, a hug, someone who will listen or a ride, we can ask. We can ask people for what we need from them. We can ask God for what we need from God. You know, and I think prior to the rooms, again, the only time I would ask God for help is when I felt like my life was on the line, not in work, in sex life, uh, in create creative acts. Um, and it's just a great reminder to be able to ask for that. And I think part of it comes from this fear of like, if I don't get it, then that could breed a resentment or that could trigger that pain of rejection, even though, you know, you know, intellectually, you know, the body keeps the score, right? So, you know, the body may or may, or may not react with trauma, at least in my case. It is self-defeating to not ask for the help we need. It keeps us stuck. If we ask long and hard enough, if we direct a request to the right source, we'll get the help we need. I have a feeling today's readings are going to be spectacular. Back to the reading. There is a difference between asking someone to rescue us and asking someone in a direct manner for the help we need from him or her. Right. There's the difference between clarity and being a martyr. We can be straightforward and let others choose whether to help us or not. If the answer is no, we can deal with that. It is self-defeating to hint whine, manipulate, or coerce help out of people. It is annoying to go to people as a victim and expect them to rescue us. It is healthy to ask for help when help is what we need. My problem is shame, said one woman. I wanted to ask for help in dealing with it, but I was too ashamed. Isn't that crazy? We who are eager to help others can learn to allow ourselves to receive help. I like that part about allowing. You know, a lot of times I've been allowed to, you know, help or even financial help and just kind of felt like I didn't earn it. Back to the reading. We can learn to make clean contracts about asking for and receiving the help we want and need. Today, I will ask for help if I need it from people and my higher power. I will not be a victim helplessly waiting to be rescued. I will make my request for help specific to the point and I will leave the room for the person to choose whether or not to help me. Right, that's up to them. I will not be a martyr any longer by refusing to get the help I deserve in life. The help that makes life simpler. God, help me let go of my need to do everything alone. Help me use the vast universe of resources available to me. Unbelievable reading. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic, valuing our needs. When we don't ask for what we want and need, we discount ourselves. We deserve better. And more for me, you know, the underbeing part, it's not always what I need. It's what I want. You know, do I need a car where I live? Not necessarily. Do I want one? Hell yes. Back to the reading. Maybe others taught us it wasn't polite or appropriate to speak up for ourselves. The truth is, if we don't, our unmet wants and needs may ultimately come back to haunt our relationships. We may end up feeling angry or resentful, or we may begin to punish someone else for not guessing what we need. We may end the relationship because it doesn't meet our needs. Intimacy and closeness are only possible in a relationship when both people can say what they want and need. Sustained intimacy demands this. Sometimes we may even have to demand what we want. That's called setting a boundary. And I think I'm realizing the way to set a boundary is connect to that still small voice. And activities that I can listen to when I do that is showering, meditation, walk, and even play. 
back to the reading. Sometimes we may even have to demand what we want. That's called setting a boundary. We do not do this to control another person. Narcissists may take it that way, but to gain control of our life. Our attitude towards our needs is important too. We must value them and take them seriously if we expect others to take us seriously. When we begin to place value and importance on our needs, we'll see a remarkable change. Our wants and needs will begin to get met. Today, I will respect the wants and needs of others and myself. I will tell others, my higher power and myself, what I want and need. I will listen to what they want and need. Two. And now we move to strengthening my recovery and a topic that wasn't in my life before recovery for several years and now is coming back. The topic, fun. We were not taught how to have fun. This is so true. In fact, I was guilted and shamed for having fun. Someone in a meeting once asked what adult children do for fun. In our families of origin, many of us were too hypervigilant to have fun or experience joy. Yeah, like looking over the other shoulder. When we look back, we often struggle to remember brief moments of fun. Some of us do catch glimpses of playing with dolls or trucks, blowing dandelions or hollering. Let's play hide and seek. You're it. As we begin recovery, the idea of having fun may feel foreign, but we start to learn how important it is as a way to nurture our inner child and our adult self. You know, Julia Cameron talks about this. I was in a four-day breakthrough program at Caring Treatment Centers, uh, which was a, you know, a mix of a whole variety of stuff. I think gestalt stuff, uh, internal family systems, uh, psychodrama, which was the most useful, I would say. Um, and there was a part in the day about fun for an hour. And I just was like, I'm not paying for that. Like I am, and it is really so important. And I was reading a book on creativity and, you know, people, you know, time management for creatives. And they were like, you need to put creative work first. And for me, it's not so much creative. I need to put fun work first and define what that is and do that in the week. There's no like, oh, I deserve it because I got through the week. It's like, no, it's Monday. That's why I deserve it. Back to the reading. As we begin recovery, the idea of having fun may feel foreign, but we start to learn how important it is as a way to nurture our inner child and our adult self. As we get healthier, we see wondrous joy and freedom in having fun. We start doing things like drawing in a sketchbook, putting together a picture puzzle, coloring, working on a craft, going for a walk, riding a horse. Wow, this is awesome. Fishing, hiking a mountain trail, skiing, swimming, calling a friend, going to the movies painting a picture, singing, going to the library, learning to play a musical instrument, listening to music, hugging a friend, going to a museum. God, I love the artist way. This brought it back fun. Sitting by the river, watching a sunset, laughing with friends, taking pictures, taking a class on meditation, playing a game. The list of fun activities that can go on forever. On this day, I will experience life to its fullest by being in the present and doing something fun. And the final reading from comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. The topic is self-love. Self-love enables the adult child to backfill the love or nurturing we do not get as children. Long ago, we were yelled at, pushed aside, and neglected. In our quiet times, we wondered in our little child's minds, why? What did I do wrong? I felt that way so many times. We looked out at the world and saw dad playing in the yard with his kids. 
had to find other people. Those kids looked so happy. We stood in our yard alone, feeling like the only kid in the world nobody loved. God, I really noticed the unconditional love for my mom and the very conditional love for my dad. Back to the reading. This lack of love set the stage for years of searching. We found relief now and then when a teacher smiled or a friend bragged about us. But nothing made us feel loved enough to take away the pain. Some of us used drugs, alcohol, food, and other compulsive activities to fill the empty spot where love should have been. When we got to ACA, we felt a connection when we heard others talk about their loveless lives, because now we knew we weren't alone. We learned that the reason we didn't feel loved was because of something out of our control. True love can't coexist along with alcoholic and dysfunctional thinking. Right, because, you know, if you don't love yourself, you can't, you know, can't really love others is the saying. Back to the reading. It wasn't our fault. We were always lovable. We made a commitment to start over and love ourselves. On this day, I will take positive action to love and nurture myself in a way only I can. And that concludes today's amazing readings of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kuwant Saluja reminding myself that it's okay. Not only okay, it's important to ask for help, to clarify my wants, and to deserve those wants to have fun and to love myself.